Come on. Come on, 1,800 people have said yes to Jesus over the past nine years. Come on. Absolutely amazing. And uh, we've been on a journey for the past couple weeks highlighting all the different initiatives and uh, all the different uh, things that we're going to do in and through our legacy offering this year. Um, if you're a guest with us today, this, is, this service is a culmination of some work that we've been doing together as a church over the past few months. And uh, so, like I said, if this is your first time, I'd love for you to just sit back and enjoy the ride this morning. Um, but I would say this, as we get ready at the end of service to participate in our giving moment, uh, maybe you're new with us, or maybe you decided, or maybe you haven't decided whether you're gonna give or not today. Uh, I think this would be a really cool moment as we talk about some of the things that we're doing this year, helping women who have been rescued from trafficking and uh, discipling 600 students in China this year. And uh, come on, um, through our World Compassion uh, relationship and working with Convoy of Hope to provide disaster relief and uh, many of the other initiatives helping women in India, our local outreach, discipling people here. Come on, raising up the next generation. A large part of what we give is going to be uh, put into making sure that we are raising up this next generation to focus on discipling our youth and young adults and kids and and uh, this year uh, aiming towards our Park City campus. Come on, somebody. And so, um, lots of cool things. So. Maybe you'd be like, I don't know, like this is my first time at part of this year. Maybe you just get behind one of those efforts. And, uh, and what a beautiful moment we had in the first service and uh, we're about to have in this service and then one more service to follow. But I wanna take a, a few, few minutes just to, to talk out of something that I'm really passionate about. And if you haven't picked up the theme already, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write at the top of your paper this title. This is the title of my message today, House of Miracles. House of Miracles. Come on, does anybody wanna be a part of a house of miracles? I know I do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us, uh, we're in this series right now where we've been going through 1 Peter. I'm gonna just take us out of 1 Peter for a second, take us to a couple other pieces of scripture um, that is gonna help us just kind of focus our attention, focus our hearts for this moment. Um, Exodus chapter 36, verses two through to seven. You love your Bible? You guys ready for the word today? All right, so Moses summoned Bezael, Oliab, and every skilled person in whose heart the Lord had placed wisdom, all whose hearts moved them to come to the work and do it. They took from Moses' presence all the contributions that the Israelites had brought for the task of making the sanctuary. Meanwhile, the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. Could you imagine that? Just every week the, the church is open and everybody's just like bringing it. Some of you are like, nope, I can't imagine that at all. Then all the artisans who were doing all the work for the sanctuary came one by one from the work that they were doing and said to Moses, listen to this, the people are bringing more than is needed for the construction of the work the Lord commanded to be done. After Moses gave an order, they sent a proclamation throughout the camp, let no man or woman make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. So the people stopped, the materials were sufficient for them to do all the work. Here's my most favorite statement of this piece of scripture, there was more than enough. There was more than enough. It was a house of miracles. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 6. This is Paul the Apostle writing, and he says this. He says, I want, we want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace. Have you shout grace? <clears throat> about the grace of God that was given to the churches of, of Macedonia. So he's not talking about a salvation grace. He's talking about a different grace, an empowerment grace. And this is 
One of the words that we find throughout scripture, there's the grace that's applied to us in and through the cross, Jesus, but then there's another grace. It's an empowering grace. So Paul's saying about the grace that was given to the Macedonian churches. And here's, here's what it is. Now I'm gonna line it out for, for us so we understand. He says, during a severe trial brought about by affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Come on, someone shout grace. How many of you would say that doesn't make sense right there? Their extreme poverty and their affliction and their abundant joy overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. And I can testify that according to their ability and even beyond their ability of their own accord, they begged us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in the ministry of the saints. And not just we had hoped, instead they gave themselves first to the Lord, as we just did, we gave ourselves first to the Lord and then us by God's will. So we urged Titus that just as he had begun, so he should also complete among you this act of grace. Today, as we continue on in our series, you are here, I wanna to speak to you from the subject, House of Miracles. A house of Miracles, as we celebrate Legacy Sunday and begin to prepare our hearts for our generosity moment. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and it's active, that it highlights the dark areas of our life that shines light upon them and, and it changes us. And so God, right now, we thank you for your truth. It's your truth that sets us free. And God, this morning, I pray that we would have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the minds to think, and the hearts to know everything that you are doing, God. And so as we prepare to give this legacy Sunday, God, I pray that we do so with expectancy, with joy, and with grace. So we love you and we honor you. We praise you today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody shouted. Amen. Come on, everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. I was uh, asked a couple months ago, um, interesting I get interesting questions after service all the time. Um, people ask me all kinds of different things, like, why is it so loud here? And um, <laughs> that question's a lot, actually. Um, and uh, they asked me where the bathroom's at and, um, they ask me all kinds of fun, fun questions, theological questions, when's Jesus coming back? You know, things that you wanna talk about five minutes before the next service. <laughs> and so, one of the conversations that I had a couple of months ago, it caught me off guard because the question that was asked, actually like it, it put me on my heels a little bit because I actually had to think about it. This is the question they asked me today. Hey Jason, have you ever seen a miracle before? And so when they said that, like I'm usually pretty quick with words and I can give an answer and, I, and I, I can start talking. But this question threw me off because inherently my mind started thinking about like, I, I started thinking to myself like, what, what kind of answer do they want, right? And I kind of knew by way of the question that there was, there was a certain type of answer that they, that they were looking for, that they were hoping for. And I could tell that as I started to engage with my answer, what I was giving them was definitely not what they were looking for. Because it went something like this. I said, I told them, I see miracles every day. I see them every week. And I said, I see them every weekend. To which they looked at me because what they were hoping that I was talking about is like, you know, the miraculous things, the big things, like eyes being opened, arms growing back, children being quiet, <laughs> just things like that. <laughs> So when I started to say, hey, I see miracles every single day, every single week and every single weekend, it started to kind of throw them off a little bit. I started to think about all the miracles I really do see and started to talk to them 
about them. I see them in the small moments of life. I see miracles in meetings where tears are shed and freedom is found. I see miracles when husbands and wives choose to keep going. I see miracles when students gather on a Wednesday night when they could be in a million and one other places. I see miracles when people decide to go deeper in their faith, to worship, to learn about God. I see miracles when someone's light bill is anonymously taken care of through generous people here at the well. I see them when classes are attended and people go deeper. I see them when someone uses their gift to worship. I see miracles every single Sunday when someone says yes to a new life in Christ. According to this stat, I've seen 1,800 plus miracles in my lifetime so far. Have you seen a miracle? And the problem with the question in my mind was is that it was, it was designated to a certain type of miracle. It was, a, it was a little bit slanted, and I'm not calling it negative. I'm just simply saying what we have a tendency to do is look for the spectacular, don't we? Right? We, 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 want, the, we want the firework moment. The awe-inspiring moment, the thing that blows our, our mind away. See, the truth is that miracles are happening every day. If we would learn to turn our attention to the details of the ordinary, we would see that they're actually truly miraculous. This is what it means to be a house of miracles, to be a place where we can learn to see what God is doing in our midst all the time, even when it's not spectacular. You see, for most of us, we're looking for the fireworks the spectacular, the out of this world, the healing of a body, the eradication of sickness, the, the bank account to mysteriously fill. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but if we're honest, what we're really waiting for is for God to do magic, not a miracle. We're waiting on God to make something appear out of nothing. And for sure, come on, how many of you agree with me? God is capable of it. God can do what he wants to do. He's sovereign and he is good. Remember, he's the one that holds this whole thing together but by a word. The stars in the sky, he parted the seas, he separated light from darkness, land from water. He breathed life into you and I. He formed us out of the dust. Come on, he turned water into wine. He healed lepers. He opened up the eyes of the blind. He healed a woman with the issue of blood. The list goes on and on and on. Oh, come on, somebody. He can do it for sure. But I think the problem is, is that many of us are waiting for God to do magic, not a miracle, because we have our eyes closed to the ordinary, everyday little things that he's doing in our midst. I find it interesting that we'll demand that God do the unexplainable, then we work to deny it because it's not supported by the rational. You ever notice that before? We want God to do the miraculous, but then our rational minds, we talk ourselves out of it. Come on. You all remember we stake our life on somebody who got out of the grave? Come on, someone shout miracle. It's a house of miracles because it was a miracle. So to be a house of miracles is to be a place and a people that desire to see God move in amazing ways, but realize that many of those ways are simple and mundane, but in the, in the world's eyes, they are unexplainable. That's what today is about. This is what our legacy offering is about. It's a modern day miracle and a modern day house of miracles. 
Why? Because it's not normal for people to gather like this on a Sunday morning in March with it raining and pouring outside in order to generously give to see lives changed by the power of the gospel all across the world and in our backyard. That's not normal. It's normal to watch football. It's normal to go skiing. It's normal to be sleeping in in your onesie and drinking coffee right now. Shout out to online. <laughs> if you have a onesie on, please put it in the chat box. I wanna know, okay. Somebody's like, me. <laughs> what's not normal? What's not normal is gathering like this to worship God. It's not normal to have our hands lifted and our voices shouting, he will never fail. That's not normal. It's not normal to see Chris and Devon running around up here crazy because they are understanding that we are in a moment with God. It's not normal to be in his presence, but it should be. It's a house of miracles. It's not normal to come together. It's not normal to see what we just saw in the first service, almost every single person getting out of their seat, walking down this aisle to give their gift today. Not normal. So not normal. And it won't be normal to see it again. It's a house of miracles. So what I wanna do before we go back into worship and participate in our legacy offering today so I wanna help us understand what a house of miracles is and what it looks like to be a part of one. Does that work for everybody today? And then what we're gonna do is I'm gonna invite the worship team back up here. We're gonna stand, we're gonna worship, and we're gonna bring what it is that we've prepared to bring today. We're gonna to have our team up front, and I'm gonna talk about that in just a, in just a moment. But I wanna make three statements today concerning a house of miracles, and you're gonna see that these points kinda of work together. They build upon each other, and so just uh, work with me a little bit with these today. Does that sound good? All right, need your help. Come on over, shout number one. Here's, here's the first statement I wanna make about being a house of miracles. Miracles have an equation. Miracles have an equation. There seems to be significant evidence supporting the idea that miracles have an equation and it tends to look like this. If you look across scripture, desire plus faith plus Jesus equals miracles. Come on, let me say that one more time. Desire plus faith plus Jesus equals miracles. Miracles. Desire plus faith plus Jesus equals? Miracles. Desire plus faith plus Jesus equals? Miracles. This is the equation. You see it all across Scripture. I want to take you to one of my favorite pieces of Scripture, um, mainly because this is something that I would do. And you'll see why in a second. <laughs> Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through to 26 says that, on one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and also from Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal was in him. And just then some men came carrying on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. Since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on a stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Can I just say this? Only men would think of this. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on, and all the ladies said? <laughs> I'm going to be broad in my scope. Some of you ladies actually might do this. Um, but uh, mo mo most of the time, if it comes to types of like a thinking like this, this is a bunch of guys standing around coming up with some sort of stupid plan, okay? <laughs> right? 
You would never see women conspiring on how to get this person. Like if they have one of their girlfriends paralyzed on a mat, their first port of call is not like, oh, let's bring him to the roof, right? That's not, that's not what they think. They, they're gonna legit, like they're gonna think logistically. They're gonna do some like all kinds of different maneuvers. They're gonna make something happen. Guys, we stand around and we go, bring him to the roof, right? Like. <laughs> Now this is important because when you carry on in the storyline, you're gonna see that not only did they bring him to the roof, but they lowered him down. I need you to see that there was actual like thinking power that went into, a little bit of thinking power that went into the actual apparatus that had to be used. Like this is what blows my mind. Like what is, how did they come up with this? Yo, you go get some rope, you go get some pulleys. We're gonna get him to the roof. We're gonna rip open the tile, which is illegal by the way. It's not your house, so who cares? And so, and we're gonna lower him down. How many of you agree with me that sounds like some desire? How many of you agree that desire has a tendency to make us like think irrationally at times? That's why I love desire plus faith plus Jesus equals a miracle. Look at verse 20, seeing their faith. So what you and I designate as crazy, Jesus sees his faith. Seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Because that's what a paralyzed man wants to know after being lowered through a roof. <laughs> Can we read the Bible for what it is? Sometimes we skip across these things. Like, no, no, that's not what, if I'm the paralyzed guy who almost died coming through the roof, I don't want to hear sins are forgiven. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> so your sins are forgiven. <laughs> then the Pharisees and the scribes began to think to themselves, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? This is where Jesus is like, all right. Verse 22, but perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is it easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? So Jesus said the first one, your sins are forgiven. Now he's just gonna drop the microphone He's gonna say, but so now, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher and go home. Immediately he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, punched his friends and went home glorifying God. <laughs> then everyone was astounded as they were giving glory to God and they were filled with awe and said, we have seen incredible things today. Desire plus faith plus Jesus equals a miracle. I wanna remind some of us today that we have a desire to see everything that God has called us to do as a church in this community, beyond this community, in this nation, in this world. Desire plus faith plus Jesus. Can I just tell you that what we give today is miraculous in his hands. Come on, somebody. It's an equation. So the first thing that we need to understand about miracles is that miracles have an equation. Number two, every shot number two. There's a second one. Miracles many times defy reason before they defy nature. Miracles many times defy reason before they defy nature. So if you go back to Exodus chapter 36, our opening verse, I wanna take us to verse four and it says this, then the, all the artisans who were doing all the work for the sanctuary came one by one from the work they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than is needed for the construction of the work the Lord commanded to be done. 
After Moses gave an order, they sent a proclamation throughout the camp, let no man or woman make everything else as an offering for the sanctuary. So the people stopped. The materials were sufficient for them to do all the work. There was more than enough. Come on, somebody. There was more than enough. Here's what I've come to realize about human nature is that many of us are operating underneath the tyranny of reasonableness. The tyranny of reasonableness. You know, at the end of the day, our faith is predicated upon Jesus getting out of the grave, rising from the dead three days later. That's, unre- that's not reasonable. Y'all with me? The Bible tells us that he ascended into heaven. That's not reasonable. The Bible tells us that David fought Goliath. It's not, it's not reasonable. He turned water into wine. That, that's not reasonable. Lazarus came out of the grave. That's not, that's not reasonable. Come on, that, how many of you agree with me? This book is not reasonable. And here's what I've come to realize is the church has spent the better part of the past 20 years trying to be reasonable. Can I just tell you in this current season, in this current moment, we are not called to be reasonable, but we're called to be unreasonable. I wanna be unreasonable in my faith. I wanna be unreasonable in my generosity. I wanna be unreasonable in my worship. I wanna be unreasonable in serving people. I wanna be unreasonable in our missions. I wanna be unreasonable in Sandy. I wanna be unreasonable in Park City. I wanna be unreasonable across this valley. I wanna be unreasonable in blessing church plants. I wanna be unreasonable in rescuing women. Come on, somebody, it's time to be unreasonable. I'm not, we're not raising our kids to get up every morning and be like, today's just gonna be a day of reason. No. We need to be unreasonable. In his book, The Intentional Father, John Tyson talks about this, because he talks about making moments as he raises his boy. We're gonna try to get a lot of the guys onto this book, read it, it's a fascinating book, it's absolutely amazing, loved it. But it's all about, as a father, taking your son on the journey of manhood. My son's 12 years old right now. And so they say at 13, you start this process. You put this whole big plan together. So I told him at the table the other day, his mom was sitting there, his sisters were sitting there. I said, hey, Justice, you're 12. When you turn 13, you're a boy now. But when you're 13, you become a man. And Erica's like, no, he doesn't. Uh -uh." (laughs) Uh-uh. So he's looking at me and he goes, he goes, what does that mean? And I was like, it's a secret. <laughs> so the book, the book walks you through this whole process of like putting things together to help, the, help with the journey of, of getting your son to, to manhood, teaching him to be good at manhood, not to be a good man, to be good at manhood. Great book. And along the way, he talks about having moments that your son can remember. And what I think has died in this generation is our ability to capture great moments, sacred moments. Come on, everything's fast, isn't it? Fast, 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 fast. I was at a wedding yesterday, I did a wedding yesterday. Fast, people just shuffling and doing and partying and everything like that. Fast, 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 fast. I was like, did they even realize that they said I do? Like, I don't know. There's no, there's no sacredness in the moments that we live in. So I wanna produce them for my son. So he talked about one that he did when his son entered into this next phase of the program that he puts him through. To mark the moment, he took him to Australia. They went on a two-day hike out in the bush. 
went to the job that, his, like, that he worked at when he was 16 to meet the employer and to talk about, grow, and did, like it was crazy, spent a ton of money and a ton of time. How many of us would not do that because it's unreasonable? He said, but guess what? My son will always remember this moment because I decided to father him unreasonably. My concern is that we draft into being a reasonable church. And I'm just gonna let you know, as the senior pastors here, Eric and I, we are not down with a reasonable church. We wanna be an unreasonable church. Unreasonable in all the things that God has called us to do. And today we get to practice unreasonable generosity. Come on, somebody. As we give today in our legacy moment, I pray that we do so with unreasonable faith. Some of you are believing God for your businesses, your, your marriages, your, you fill in the blank. I don't know what it is, but I'm just telling you today is an opportunity that we have to be unreasonable. Y'all with me? Number three, every shot, number three. Here's the last one, I'm gonna invite our team up. Make sure you get this one. Miracles are not just performed, they're participated in. Miracles are not just performed, they are participated in. See, the truth is, is that many of us are looking for a miracle, miracle to be performed instead of participating in it. Maybe let's put it this way. We tend to mask our doubt by claiming it as maturity. Anybody with me? Oh, I'm maturing. It's like, no, that's actually not maturity. That's lack of faith. Remember childlike faith? Kids believe all kinds of nonsense. How is it that we've come to this place trying to be reasonable and, and look through it? And every time I read a miracle in here, I go, oh my goodness, it wasn't just performed, it was participated in. Somebody had to step forward. Remember when Jesus said to the blind man, think about this question. He's like, what do you want? What kind of stupid question is that? Come on, can we be real? What do you, what do you, what do I want? What was he doing? He was getting him to participate in the miracle. Get up, off your mat. It's, it's so succinct in scripture, isn't it? He's like, get up, you're healed. Get up, get up off your mat. Could you imagine having been paralyzed for however long that person had been paralyzed and then being someone telling you, get up. How long would that take you to like process through that? I've never used these before. I've never stood upright. Have you, have you thought about it like that before? Like, I've, I've, never, I've never participated that way. There's always participation in a miracle. You will always be asked to take a step. Oh, God will come through, but we've gotta do our part. There's always a get up. There's always a come forward. There's always an open your eyes. There always is an open your mouth. Why? Because we are called to not just watch the performance of a miracle, but rather participate in the miracle. And that's why I love 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 6, because they participated in it by way of faith. Here's my question to all of us today is, are we willing to participate? And this is our moment to do so. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand in this moment right now.
Let me give you a few instructions and then we're gonna worship and we're gonna give. And the reason that we're doing it this way is because it's a moment that I hope for some of us, many of us in here, does something on the inside. It connects us to what God is doing in and through our lives. On the seats next to you, you should have an envelope. If not, our ushers, if you just wanna, if you need an envelope, you can lift your hand, but here's the deal. Some of you are giving on push pay today. I just want you to be aware. You can take that envelope. I still want you to come up front. You can write push pay on it and you can just put it in the box because we just wanna be able to pray with you because what we're gonna be doing is I'm gonna invite our team up right now and we've got a team of people that wanna pray with you, pray over our gifts today because this is a holy moment. This is not just money. This is seed being sown. Come on, y'all with me. This is seed being sown. And so we're gonna worship. I'm gonna pray over us. And then as you see fit, we're gonna try to do this in an organized way, but I'm not organized. And so um, what I'm gonna ask you to do is you might have to climb over somebody. You might have to be like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Come on, faith, desire. And as we sing, I just would ask you and invite you to come out of your seats, walk down front. You can place your envelope in the box or in these bins right here. And allow one of our team, don't, don't just hustle off, allow one of our team to pray with you. And if you're having to stand in a line, that's okay as well. But we wanna be able to lay hands on you, your gift and, and pray over you. Does that sound good? Can we, can we have a holy moment now? Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven in this moment. Let's pray. All across this room today, Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single gift that is gonna be given today. I thank you that desire plus faith plus you equals everything. God, I pray that as we give today, as we take steps of faith, as we move out of our chairs today, God, I pray that you would do exceedingly and abundantly above what we could ever ask, hope, or imagine in Jesus' mighty name. As we worship you right now, God, I pray that we would do so with faith and expectancy for what it is that you're gonna do in this place right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's worship.
Jesus, we worship you. Come on, can we just stretch from the front to the back? Can we just stretch our hands forward towards these gifts today? The Bible says to lay hands. I can't get everybody up here, so this is just our way of being able to do that. But come on, with faith and expectancy right now, we're gonna ask God to just do the miraculous now. Father, we know that every single gift in your hands is multiplied. God, that it's effective. And so I thank you for the sacrifice of this room. I thank you for the faith of this room. I thank you for the participation of this room, God. I thank you that lives are gonna be changed in India. Lives are gonna be changed in China, God. I thank you that lives are gonna be changed in Sandy and in Park City and downtown, God. I thank you that lives are gonna be changed, students are gonna be changed, that people are gonna be discipled, God. I thank you that resource is gonna be brought to those who need it in disasters, God. I thank you that we're able to partner with global partnerships, God, that are able to reach the places that we can't physically go. God, I thank you that these gifts are more than resource money, but they are seeds in your hands to be scattered across the planet, to plant new churches, to build people's faith. I thank you, God, right now that you are doing the exceedingly and abundantly above what we could ever ask, hope, or imagine because you are good. And so we praise you and we thank you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on and everybody shout it. Can we give Jesus praise? Come on, let's sing it one more time. Come on, let's sing it. Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Come alive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. I want to invite everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes in this moment. No one looking around as we get ready to close this service. I want to ask you one more question. It's the most important question. And it's this, do you know Jesus and have you said yes to him? You know what I love about a moment like today is that many of us are participating in sacrifice. But here's the amazing part is that God first sacrificed. At the end of the day, the Bible says that he gave his one and only son so that we might have life and life to the fullest. And some of us in this room today have yet to say yes to that life that Jesus has for us. We've been doing it our way. And now is our moment to say yes to his great gift, grace, forgiveness of sins. 
And so with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, we're gonna pray a prayer together, all of us together, so we don't leave anybody out. But if you'd be saying today, man, Jason, that's me. I wanna say yes to Jesus. I wanna follow him. I wanna give him my life and make my life about him. Make this your prayer today. We're gonna all do it together so we don't leave anybody out. There's nothing special in these words, but rather the heart from which these words come. So if that's you today, come on, all of us together, would you just pray this after me every day? Say, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you my right now. And I'm putting my future in your hands. Save me, change me, make me new. And I'm declaring today that I'm no longer doing it my way. I'm following your way. I'm becoming a Christ follower. In Jesus' mighty name. With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, come on, would you just shoot your hand up right now if that's you, if that's you today. You're saying, that's me. I wanna say yes to Jesus right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. Come on, anybody else today? Right over here, back here. Come on, anybody else right here? Did I see you? Thank you. Come on, anybody else today? Right over here in the red jacket. Come on, somebody else, anybody else today? Yeah, praise God, praise God. Come on, can we lift our head, open our eyes? Can we celebrate all those saying yes to Jesus? Come on. Okay, as we dismiss, if you lifted your hand today, would you do me a massive favor? We've got two very important gifts for you. First and foremost, we've got the Bible for you. This is a roadmap to all things faith. You need to get this into your hands. So as you leave in this, this room, out in our lobby at the tables, please go to our team and be like, hey, can you give me my Bible? And then we created one more piece of resource for you. It's kind of like just a little guide, answer some questions, talk about next steps, and it's attached to some videos. The team will help you with all that stuff. But we wanna get this into your hands so that we can journey with you on the next steps of your faith walk. Does that sound good? So please make sure you come hang out with us and our team after this service dismisses. And man, what a beautiful, beautiful day today. Next weekend, every shot next weekend. Next weekend, we're gonna come back. We'll give the announcement as to where things are at. We wanna make sure that our team has the time to settle everything up. And it's gonna be a phenomenal weekend next weekend as we celebrate your faithfulness and your sacrifice and God's goodness. Come on, somebody. We love you all so much. And we'll see you right back here next weekend. God bless you. You are dismissed.